your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. Welcome to a Thursday evening with Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, 608-785-7914-608-785-7914. State Rep, State Assembly Rep Steve Doyle is going to be on with me here in a couple of minutes. 94th Assembly District. I like to just say the Greater Lacrosse Area District, and we have way too many things to get done in one hour. Probably should just do a two-hour show. Just go right into the next hour with him. Uh, but <laughs> uh, today, Governor Evers proposed giving us all of Wisconsin residents $125 checks. Last we'll Steve about that. Uh, I think Scott Walker did the same thing, right? Only it was just for parents. It was only uh, checks for parents with kids under 18 and under or under 18. Uh, if you had two kids, I think you got two $100 checks. Um, and I was looking for that sound. It was it was funny at the time because Scott Walker said, like, yeah, you can use this money to buy shoes and clothes and notebooks and pens and because it was right around, like, going back to school or something. Um and it was like, well, Scott, I don't. You buy a pair of shoes. That's the hundred dollars, man. That's it. Uh, if your if your kids are anything like I was when I was a kid, I needed the Chris Webbers. I needed the cool shoes. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Anyway, um, other other things that we're going to talk about: uh, a bill to legalize medical marijuana. We could get into that. I, we can get into what I like to call trolling legislation. Uh, the idea that the state assembly during uh, what was the worst of the pandemic for eight months didn't do anything. Not the assembly, the state legislature didn't do anything. Eight months, they didn't meet in session. They didn't debate anything. It's literally, I don't know what they did. It just hung out. Just, they also uh, pretended that they needed to stay at home uh, during a pandemic and didn't do anything and and. Over the last two days, I think they passed about a hundred bills, or looked to look to look to pass around a hundred bills, and most of not most of them, but a lot of them are just like critical race ban, critical race theory ban, and um, the ability to keep a car, a gun in your car if you're at school, if you're if you're a parent driving your kid off at school, um, and Steve has a really good one. Uh, Assembly Rep Steve Doyle has a really good one on on uh, dogs in stores. <laughs> Or cats in stores? I think it, I think there's a. He'll have to explain it, and I'll let him do that. But it's uh, that's right up my alley. If anybody, if anybody uh, knows knows me in this show, if we talk about animals, I might do the whole show on 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 this animal bill that went through the state legislature. I'm curious too if they passed it. How did this go? It was a big debate, apparently. Oh, and I didn't even I didn't even bring up Colby cheese. I got to write that down, otherwise I'll forget. It wasn't even on my list. Is the state legislature going to make a decision on the state cheese in the middle of a pandemic? It's the thing we need to do, I think. We really need to know whether Colby cheese is the uh, official state cheese. Uh, how how long will the contract be? Is it official permanently? Uh, it just I have so many questions. Oh, and then there's also the thing about uh, a different another assembly rep. I think it was the assembly Tim Timothy Ramthan. Uh, and I'll make Steve. I'll make Steve try to try to explain this. But the idea he's a Joe Biden didn't win the election guy, so he's that kind of guy. He's in our state legislature. 
uh, introduced a resolution uh, earlier this week seeking to recall Wisconsin's 10 electoral votes, alleging they were fraudulently certified. Uh, so that's a thing that made news. So uh, as we, uh, as, as the government, I think maybe the federal government is looking into what to do now a year later about the Republicans casting fake electoral votes for Donald Trump. We have a state representative doing uh, a little bit more than that <laughs> this week. So anyway, that's uh, just some of the things I'm going to get out of here quick so that I can get Brad to do the news sooner. And then I can get more time with state rep Steve Doyle coming up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now, State Rep Steve Doyle, State Assembly Rep, 94th Assembly. I wrote it down so I remember Steve. And uh, what I like to just call the greater lacrosse area, I think you say the greatest lacrosse area. I think that's how you put it, right? Absolutely. I'm going to steal your lines before you say them. Uh, before we get into all this uh, you know, legislation and stuff, it was really cold the other day, negative 23 on my car when I was driving in at 5 in the morning. Do, uh, do alpacas really like it when it's negative uh, twenty three? You've got a, a hobby farm, right? With you got well, you got a bunch of alpacas. Uh, yep, we have a dozen alpacas, and uh, they're all wearing alpaca sweaters. So they think that January and February is just fine. They're not as excited about uh, July and August, however. All right. So I, as long as we're talking about animals, you brought this up. Um, a lot of these bills that are going through the the legislature, I just call trolling legislation. And I don't know if this one is or not, but you kind of, uh, you all have to explain this one. You're fighting, your assembly is fighting with the Senate on whether it allowed dogs and cats into stores or something like that. What What is going on? Okay, well, you know, probably the most important bill of the session. So it was uh, Senate Bill 298. And uh, the, the bill proposed that um, you could bring your dog into stores that don't have open food, so processed food, things, Twinkies, uh, you know, beef jerky, things that are in packages that you could, you know, like Menards uh, or a place like that that you could bring your dog in. So that passed the Senate, came over to the Assembly, and uh, the Assembly has some cat lovers in it, and so it was amended in the Assembly to also allow you to bring your cat into the store. Well, that went back to the Senate, and they said dogs only, no cats. And I guess I I have to break this to the cat lovers. The assembly knuckled under, and uh, the bill's going to the governor, and you can bring Fido into Menards, but you can't bring Fluffy into Menards. So the government is trying to tell me, tells private private businesses that they, they have to allow dogs? And not not no, cats. It would but be more that they that they could allow they could. dogs. It wouldn't be like a violation of a health code. Okay, because before it was a state law that you couldn't allow dogs into certain stores. Right, you're not supposed to uh, bring dogs into to stores like that. You know, I know you can bring dogs into places like PetSmart and 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 you know, yeah, um, pet shops and, and so forth. But you weren't supposed to bring other than service dogs. You could bring service dogs into right. stores, but you weren't supposed to bring just your pet dog into a, a store like Menards or Home Depot and so forth, but this would allow the, the stores to say that you can. And the stores could still say, no, we don't want them. Do we? Stores, assuming the governor signs this and he said he will, um, you'll be able to bring your dog into those stores. Okay, so will the will the state capital be, would the state capital be one of these buildings, or do you already allow dogs in, in there? Um. 
Strictly speaking, we don't allow dogs, but I have heard some of my colleagues have brought in their pets every once in a while, and nobody has made a big deal out of it. I think they were fairly discreet about it. Uh, but strictly speaking, you're not supposed to, other than, again, a service dog okay, uh, into, so, uh, into a governmental building. Now, do we know, do, do we know the uh, assembly reps that tried to sneak cats into this, this bill? <laughs> I, I don't know who uh, came up with the amendment, um, but, I mean, it, it was actually kind of non-controversial in the assembly. And apparently, you just have some rabid cat haters over in the Senate. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what the problem is over there. Was it Jill? Did Jill Billings do it? Maybe she, I'll ask her well, tomorrow. She's in, the assembly. she's in the assembly, so she was a cat and dog lover, I guess. And I don't know. You'll have to ask Senator Paff, you know, which way he came down on the, the great <laughs> cat versus dog debate in the Senate. Yeah. Jill's on with me tomorrow, so I'll ask her if she snuck the cats into the assembly part of this bill. And alpacas, you could have snuck alpacas on there. I'm not able to bring my alpacas into Menards, um, I, and they're brokenhearted about it. I, I can tell you that, but they just they're going to have to stay on the farm. Or when you can you sneak them into your office at the Capitol, maybe? Um, <laughs> probably not. You know, I've taken them to the Lacrosse Library for uh, like a show and tell type of thing a few years ago, and that way, and I also had a miniature donkey at the, at the same time, and I brought a alpaca and miniature donkey into the basement of the library um, on the elevator. People thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, so more important legislation that you guys were, to, were discussing over the, this week and last week. Uh, Colby Cheese, the state cheese, did you debate about that for hours? I haven't seen any uh, definitive answer here. That has not come up on the assembly floor at this point, so I don't know what the eventual outcome of that is. I mean, the thing with those kind of bills is that they tend to be fairly parochial. Uh, If you're from Colby, Wisconsin, you think that's the the greatest thing ever. But if you're from Westby, for example, you may not be as excited about having Colby as the the state cheese. Um, So I, I suspect that it's not going to pass, but who knows? You mentioned that we had probably close to 100 bills over the last couple of weeks or so in the Assembly. When we get to the last week of session, um, sometimes we will do a couple hundred or multiple hundreds of, of bills. And so sometimes those kind of bills like that just get dropped into the mix. And, you know, as we're going through one bill after another, after another, after another, um, bills like that come up and they get minimal debate. But I'm not sure that one's going to actually come up. Yeah, I feel like we've got better things to worry about. <laughs> just Right, like dogs and cats. Yeah, like, well, that too. I mean, and we could just keep going here, uh, what I call trolling legislation. Um, I, it's a critical race theory ban, the idea that we have to make it make sure that it's U.S. citizens that can vote and not just citizens generally. Can you explain that one? Because if, do we have to make sure... Uh, literal aliens from outer space aren't also allowed to vote in, in in our you know our democracy. Well, you know, in Roswell, the aliens do vote, so we're concerned that that's going to spread across the country. I mean, I think it's probably going to catch on. So I I think that's the motivation behind that one. Um, however, under federal law right now, you have to be a U.S. citizen to vote, and I, I know in. Some places in the country, some bigger cities have proposed um, people that have a green card uh, being allowed to vote. Um, I re- I, it's not an issue in Wisconsin other than people who want to make it an issue, um, but I haven't seen any great push to have non-citizens vote in, in Wisconsin. I mean, you know, I, I, I've heard casual mentions about it, but nobody's ever seriously proposed it that, that I've 
can recall it anyway. Um, but, you know, the, you get these hot-button issues, whether it's critical race theory or, you know, um, some of those kind of issues that people get all worked up about that are really non-issues, but if it gins up the base and it turns them out to vote in the next election, um, you know, it, it, that seems to be what politics is all about these days. And, you know, that's unfortunate. But, you know, I'm guessing we're going to be talking about whether citizens or non-citizens can vote in Wisconsin, even though they already can't. Well, you think this isn't important. Wisconsin borders Canada. There are Canadian citizens. They can come over and say, hey, we're citizens. We can vote. Well, you know, not to sound like, you know, that I'm a prejudice type person, but I'd rather have Canadians vote in Wisconsin than those Illinois people driving up to Wisconsin, speeding on our highways, and then stopping at the polls and casting votes. That yeah. would be the worst from my perspective. And applying for jobs at Foxconn, too. Is like, if, there you go. If we well, ever, it would be nice if we could have some jobs at Foxconn. We're still we, waiting for those. If we ever get to a point where they're hiring at Foxconn, I don't know if they are yet or not. Uh, we're, st- we're speaking with State Assembly Rep, the 94th Assembly District, the Greater Lacrosse Area, Steve Doyle. Okay, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're having fun here talking about nonsense, but you know, there are a couple of things that are I, actually important. And um, this, this is a bill. Like you're going to have to explain this too. So a, a lot of I see this all over the state and really probably the country. Um, catalytic converters on your cars are getting stolen. And we need to do something about that. First of all, like, well, we'll stop people from stealing them. But once they're stolen, what happens to these catalytic converters and what's the government doing about it? Yeah, this was a request that I had gotten from the La Crosse Police Department to introduce a bill to um, regulate scrap dealer purchases of catalytic converters because they do have valuable materials in them. And so there was getting to be quite a illegal market for catalytic converters. And so, um, you know, to, to crack down on that, and, and, and um, you know, I had introduced a bill, and then after that, Republicans introduced a bill, and guess which one passed, um, which is fine with me. We passed the Republican one um, this week, and, and um, that's a, an important thing for law enforcement, um, because they were just seeing this, you know, especially with the high cost of uh, of of you know certain materials these days, they're just seeing a, a huge amount of people having their catalytic converters stolen, which cannot you know your car can still run without a catalytic converter. It causes more pollution, but I mean it can lead to more you know bigger issues uh, with the the running of your car if you don't realize that something like that has happened. Yeah, and are you saying like Republicans copied your homework, so to speak, or copied the test? Is that how that works? <laughs> Well, maybe their local police department had asked them to do it, too, which is fine. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of just joking about that. I don't mind. It, 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 it was an important issue. If my bill passed, awesome. If the, another identical bill passed by a different person, that's awesome, too. So that's fine. How tough is it? Because, you, okay, first of all, we're talking about 100 pieces of legislation you guys are rolling through in the last two weeks. Um, clearly, at some point, somebody's going to propose something, and also somebody else on the other side of the state might have the same idea is there is it a case where maybe there's so many things going like that are where you can't keep up? You can't read every piece of legislation and it, you only see it when it comes up. You'd be like, oh, I actually also have that bill. It's just further down the list. Well, you know, bills first have to go through the committee process. And so, you know, if there's, uh, say, a Republican bill and a Democratic bill, 
Um, you know, if the Republicans are in control of the legislature, they're going to pass Republican bill. That's normal. If the Democrats were in control of the legislature, it'd be the Democratic bills that pass. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. And, and you know, I'm, I'm okay with, with that. It's more important that we get good things done than we, than we argue about who gets credit. Um, but, you know, you mentioned about, you know, the speed at some of the, you know, that some of these bills come through. And that, we have a caucus meeting usually the day before we're on the floor, and we go through bill by bill the ones that are, you know, contentious or um, you know or complicated. And the ranking member from the committee that it went through will explain to us, you know, what the bill is all about, what the pros are, what the cons are, um, and answer questions that we have. So it's a, it's a good way to get ourselves educated before we actually um, vote on the floor because we're generalists. You know, I. I'm on the financial institutions and insurance committees, among others, and, and, you know, I have some expertise in those areas as a lawyer, but there are other committees that bills go through that I have no idea about them, and I need to rely on, you know, both the lobbyists and my colleagues to explain to me the nuances of the bill, because, you know, you can read a bill and not necessarily, you know, understand what's, you know, under the hood uh, that really is an important thing to know about it. Yeah, I I just need all the bullet points. Like if you you want to give me the bill, but just bullet point the important stuff. I I guess. <laughs> well, and, and you know, if we vote on bills that we're not really familiar with, that can come back to haunt you. You know, if you're in next election at a debate or something, and your opponent says, you know, why did you vote for such and such a bill? And you, if you only know the bullet points and you don't understand that there's some unintended consequences that are now harmful in your district, that may come back to haunt you. So, I mean, you you need to educate yourself before you cast that vote. We're speaking with uh, 94th Assembly District State Rep Steve Doyle of the Greater Lacrosse Area. Uh, Governor Evers proposed giving $125 checks to everyone. I think he'll do it in a make it rain fashion. Um, I want to talk about what else do I want to talk about? You had some other local things that I think are interesting to talk about, and also. Ballot drop boxes. We're fighting over absentee ballot drop boxes in the state. I want to get to that. We'll be back with Steve Doyle. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Steve Doyle, state rep, state assembly rep in the 94th district, the greater lacrosse area on Alaska. What else? Where, where else do you cover, Steve? What other cities? Holman, West Salem, Bangor, Rockland, uh, towns uh, up to the edge of the county. Okay. See, I quiz you because if you didn't know, then I'd really uh, got gotcha. you. No. That looked good for me. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to get into, we were talking uh, just before about, uh, well, we were talking about a whole bunch of stuff. So now I can't even remember exactly how this one thing pivoted to the other. But obviously the headline today is Governor Tony Evers wants to give me, not me, I'm not a Wisconsin resident anymore, although Governor Tim Walls is trying to do this too. Um, during an election year now, $150 giveaway to buy your votes. That's how that's how Republicans are going to take this. But can you explain a little bit about what Governor Evers, because that makes the headline, but the rest, there's more to it than than this. Um, first, before we get into that, is it a $2.9 billion surplus? $2.6 billion? Right. $2.9 yeah, billion dollars surplus billion. over what was predicted six months ago. So who's, first of all, who, Steve, who's doing these predictions? Because you, you're off by $3 billion. That seems to be the, the biggest issue here. Um, well, I wouldn't fault anybody on that because our economy has been so unpredictable. Um, I mean, especially if you look back a, a, you know, a few months where the pandemic was raging and really still is raging, you wouldn't expect that people would be spending money, um, you know, which would, is what's driving the, the taxes going up. Um, but the people still are. I think um, 
probably in part uh, because of the federal dollars that came in that people were cooped up and couldn't spend, and now they're able to get out a little bit more and are spending. So, you know, the the economy is, uh, you know, heating up pretty well in, in that regard. So, you know, it's our Legislative Fiscal Bureau and the State Department of Revenue that, that do those calculations and, and um Usually they're pretty accurate, but nobody's accurate these days at any level of government or any state in, in terms of figuring out what this economy is going to produce for taxes. So I, I, I'm happy that we have $2.9 billion that we weren't expecting versus a shortfall of $2.9 billion. All right. And right away, Governor Evers sees that and says, all right, we got to do some of that money. We're still in a pandemic. And, um, he, and he kind of lays out a plan, but part of that plan is to give $150 checks. And right away, I think, well, Scott Walker did this in election year. He gave out $100 checks to parents with children, right? Each kid under 18 got $100 checks. Are these things similar or not? Um, well, I think there's a lot of uh, schizophrenia that is afflicting the state right now. Um, I mean, usually it's the Republicans that they, they've never met a tax cut that they didn't love, um, and the Democrats saying, well, maybe we should hold off and, you know, uh, look at the next budget, save it for a rainy day, and, and so forth. Um, but right now, it's, you know, it's, it's Governor Evers and the Democrats saying, you know, this is, this is your money. We should give it back to you. And, you know, I think that certainly resonates with a lot of people. And the Republicans are saying, well, no, let's just go through the regular budget process, uh, you know, starting, you know, a year and a half from now um, and figure out what we're going to do with, with the money at, at that point. So uh, kind of a role reversal and uh, has everything to do with this little event coming up in early November this year. Yeah, role reversal. And also uh, there's a pandemic, I think, involved. And um, maybe Governor Evers, like, took the messaging before the Republicans could put it out? Like, dang it, Evers said he's going to give the $150 checks. We were going to put that proposal out before you. Yeah, I mean, that's the really unfortunate thing in Madison right now is nobody wants to give anybody else credit. And, and you know, speaking as a Democrat, I, you know, I get frustrated that the Republicans don't want to let Evers get a win on, on anything. Um, you know, they would say that he's not, you know, treating them fairly either. So, I mean, both sides are pointing fingers at each other. What it means is, quite honestly, is I, I think that there, the likelihood of getting you know a, t- a tax cut this year, even one that could be agreed upon by both Democrats and Republicans, probably isn't likely, um, just because people are dug in. And when when you get into an election year, even though we have quite a few months before the election, just everything turns hyper partisan, and people just start to get a little weird. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even sure if if I got a hundred fifty dollar check now. If uh, when it came to vote a couple months from now, I'd be like, well, thank you, Governor, for that hundred fifty hundred fifty dollars. Not all that much money, really, too. I mean, it is to, to a lot of people. But uh, I don't know if I'm remembering that months from now and going, that's why I'm casting my vote. That one hundred fifty dollar check I got. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true. Um, and, you know, politicians being what they are, and I include myself in that, you know, we always tend to look at the next election. You know, how will things that I do today affect the next election? And yeah, I mean, it, it's a long way away, even though it is election year, uh, a lot can happen between now and, and November. Um, you know, so I would see whoever passes a tax cut, you know, running victory laps um, and reminding voters in October, the great things that they did for you and the other side saying, here are all the bad things that, that they did. And, you know, so if you live in western Wisconsin, you're going to have to get used to that this year because we are ground zero 
I mean, we've got all the national stuff with Ron Johnson's re-election, um, the, Ron Kine not running for re-election, so we've got third congressional district. Um, we've got the governor's race. I mean, and my district, the 94th district, is always competitive. So, I mean, you're going to have more campaign ads and more politicians crisscrossing the Cooley region than you can shake a stick at. So if you hate politics, you should move to Canada right now. And literally every county board seat has a has, has two people, at least two people running, right? Almost every county board seat. There's a, there's a couple that are not contested, um, but um, almost everybody has an opponent, and I think that's good for democracy. I'm, I'm pleased in that regard. I have an opponent. Um, like I said, most of my colleagues on the county board have an opponent, and that's what, uh, that's what government should be about. You should have to answer the voters. Well, like the cat legislation that the uh, a couple of assembly reps tried to slide into the dog legislation in Madison, I heard that you as a county board member tried to slide in some $5 checks to your county board voters uh, using the ARPA, the, the Biden Bucks, the American Rescue Plan Act. Uh, but it have to be significantly less. So five dollars. I wish. I wish we got twenty three million dollars from the federal government, and you know, Lacrosse. I'm really proud of Lacrosse County because we did it right. So many governmental bodies at whatever level took the money and and they went on a spending spree. And, and at Lacrosse County, we created I think it was eight work groups, and we had like eighty people involved in multiple meetings. We did public surveys. We got, I think it was like 1,500 responses from the public in terms of their suggestions on how we should spend the money, you know, what our priorities should be, um, and recognizing there were certain parameters that we had to stay in within. We, For example, the, the law specifically said we couldn't give a tax cut. Also specifically said that we couldn't replace existing spending with ARPA dollars, so that it had to be something new. And so within those rules that we had to follow, I think we came up with a really good product. And, and the most important thing is that it wasn't just 29 or 30 of us sitting around you know, the table in, in our county boardroom saying, you know, how do we divide this up? We asked the public, and, and we really took to heart what they had to say. Well, I had County Board Chair Monica Cruz on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, as I was looking at the list that you have eight different ways to spend this, like eight different whatever uh, topics or right. however you want to yep. put it. Um, and I was like, you know, Monica, you probably shouldn't drop all $3 million into this thing all at once. And she's like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to trickle it in a little bit. We got a couple of years to do this. And every every proposal I had, uh, you know, off the top of my head, uh, she's like, no, we're already doing that, Rick. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to pay attention a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but yeah, we don't the, get the kind of coverage that you know they get at the state or federal level. But we just quietly do our work, which is what good government should be. I mean, if you're reading about a lot of stuff that we're doing, we're probably getting in trouble. Yeah, we're speaking with State Assembly Rep Steve Doyle, 94th District. Um, we were talking about trolling legislation that makes all the headlines: uh, critical race theory ban, uh, p- being able to bring your gun on school grounds, leaving it in your car if you got to drop your kid off, something like that. Uh, making sure that it's U.S. citizens that are able to vote, and not just "quote unquote" citizens. Um, but there are actual, like, important bills. You talked about the catalytic converter bill that that passed the assembly, or did it pass the assembly? It passed both the assembly and the Senate. Um, there, there, you have another concern too, though, but it, it has to do with nurses and medical professionals. Just the what getting them approved to be nurses and medical professionals. Yeah, in recent months, we've been contacted by a lot of nurses and uh, mental health professionals that need to get their credentials approved at the state level. The department called DISPIS, uh, Division of uh, Department of Safety and Professional Services. And so they've called our office and, and have said, you know, 
there's a shortage of people in my field. I'm ready to jump back into the mix. Um, I just need my credentials approved, and it's sitting on some bureaucrat's desk in Madison. Can you help me out? Um, and we've had really great success in, uh, you know, cutting through the red tape in Madison to get these things expedited. So, you know, I would tell any of your listeners out there, if you fit into that category where you've got something pending in Madison and it's not getting approved, call your state representative or your state senator. And if you live in the 94th Assembly District, give my office a call. We are dealing with these cases every day. You know, a couple of years ago, it was people getting not getting their unemployment uh, compensation checks. This year, it's the DISPIS uh, approvals. And, um, I mean, that's one of the great services that uh, that we provide is to to help you walk through that maze of bureaucracy in Madison. Yeah, you say it was it's sitting on a bureaucrat's desk, so we have to ask a different bureaucrat to 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 grab it off the the other bureaucrat's desk, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes it's it's just a matter of making a phone call and they say, "Oh yeah, you know, here's an issue if they if they dot this i or cross this t, you know, we can approve it right away." And so, you know, we'll talk to our constituent and we'll dot that i or cross that t or it will move from the bottom of the pile to the top of the pile because the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and, and so it gets approved. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of standing up saying, you know, hey, what about me? Can you just deal with my case? Yeah, how do, how, how do people figure that out? I mean, do you go to, like, Mayo and Gunderson in town and say, hey, we've heard this. Uh, you, you might want to direct anyone that's having this problem to our offices. Uh, just here's the number if they're, ha- if they're getting applications but not getting, you know, the the – credentials to be to be nurses or health professionals i don't you know how do you get the word out better than becoming on wisdom is there another way to do that too well i think the medical facilities around here and the the various counseling facilities know that and so you know i think we probably do get referrals from um you know from the the facilities Uh, but a lot of times people just themselves like i don't know where to turn um i've heard of this doyle guy maybe i can call his office and see if he can help and you know sometimes we'll get uh, issues related to the federal government and we refer them to ron kind's office but if it's a state issue um you know i have a staffer that has been working you know in government for a long time now and he knows exactly who to call he's got you know he's on a first name basis with a lot of these folks and and so you know jimmy will call up and say hey we've got you know Susie smith in in steve's district uh this is her issue can you help us out and it happens yeah for sure um all right so moving on to i i, I want to I, I don't really understand what the fight is but we're Okay, so absentee ballot drop boxes, they were they not a thing before the 2020 election? They weren't they weren't able to be used. I, I, can you can you explain to me what the fight is in Madison about absentee ballot drop boxes? Uh, well, they have been used for a while. This last election we really saw an explosion of them being used because of the pandemic, but uh, even before then there were, you know, ballot drop boxes. Um, but but you know in this last uh, you know big election, I remember I dropped my ballot off at the uh, you know on Alaska Town Hall. There was a drop box right in the parking lot there. I was able to go after hours because I had been really busy, didn't get there. You know, it would, knew I would have a difficult time getting there during work hours. Knew that I could drop it into this uh, you know locked ballot box, and that the next morning the clerk would pick it up and, and take it in. Um, that was never an issue until after, not before, not during, but after this last election when suddenly people decided that maybe that wasn't a good thing. But, you know, I've made, or I've heard people make comments about, you know, your ballot is a lot safer in one of those drop boxes than in those blue, 
you know, U.S. post office mailboxes on the, the corner of a lot of city streets. Um, I mean, a lot of these are under lock and key and, and, um, and, you know, they're in libraries, fire stations, you know, places like that. So they're, um, they've got surveillance cameras and so forth. So I just, I think it'd be unfortunate if we tell people, no, you know, we're going to make it less convenient for you. You're going to have to show up on election day. You're going to have to stand in line, um, you know, so that you can vote instead of saying, you know, if it's easier for you to drop by, you know, a week ahead of time and, you know, in the evening and stick your ballot in the box, you know, but no, we don't want you to do that. It's just, that's not democracy. I mean, we want to make it so that people should feel it's easy and that they're welcome to vote. And, and this ballot box or drop box debate just really is frustrating in that regard. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, even I, you know, I got an absentee ballot in the mail. I can't remember if the, if I needed to put a stamp on it. I feel like I didn't, at least there's that. I don't have to put a stamp on it if I want to throw it in my mailbox because a lot of people could do that too. Right. Steve, you could throw it in your mailbox, put the flag up. Well, that doesn't seem as safe as putting it in a drop box. Exactly. And you know, that you raise a good point in Wisconsin. Um, if you want to request an absentee ballot, go online, um, myvote.wisconsin.gov myvote.wisconsin.gov. It takes you about a minute and a half to fill out the request, and they will mail it to you, and you can request to have one sent to you for each election this year. So one request covers all your elections. We're speaking with Steve Doyle, Assembly Rep here in the 94th District, the greater La Crosse area. You know, I kind of skipped this. Governor Evers, the headlines were that he's going to, you know, he wants to give Wisconsin residents $150 checks with this $2.9 billion surplus and, and I said there was more to it than that. Than that, can you kind of explain it? That's not the only thing he wants to do with the surplus. There's there's a couple other things he wants to fund, right? Right. One of the big issues that we've seen um, that is affecting um, the business community as well as families is uh, the difficulty in finding caregivers for your kids, um, so that you can you know take that job and know that your kids are going to be watched by somebody. Um, and so what he's uh, doing is proposing to expand the child independent care credit so that if you can find the daycare um, you can you know better afford to to, you know, to pay for the caregiver we're also trying to make uh, it better uh, for for people to work in daycare centers and and uh, make it a you know a job that you can actually get paid enough for so I mean I think that's a really big deal in, in the long run I think that'll be a bigger deal than the hundred and fifty dollars because it's going to have a long-term effect on, on the economy and, and our business community. You know, so there's, you know, a, a number of things. He's for also proposing more money for education. If you ask anybody who is associated with school administration, they will tell you that the thing that absolutely kills them is the cost of special education. If you're a small school district, you might have um, one or two cases of special ed uh, kids that are tens and tens of thousands of dollars um, per year, um, and the reimbursement from the state doesn't approach what the cost is. And so the governor's proposing to uh, provide some additional assistance in that regard, too. All right. That's State Assembly Rep. Steve Doyle, 94th District. Okay, before I let you go, Steve, I can or I can't, it will be illegal for me to bring my cat to Menards in a couple of weeks when, if, when and if Governor Evers signs this legislation. <laughs> Rick, you're going to go to jail if you do that. <laughs> going to jail. All right. Thanks a lot. If you Steve. bring your dog, you're okay. If I, as long as Menards says it's okay, right? You've given the opportunity for Menards or private businesses to say it's okay. That is correct. And next time you have Brad Paff on, you're going to have to ask why the Senate doesn't like cats. 
All right. I just Brad was just in here too. I wish I could. I'll text him. I'll see what his what his deal is. All right. Thanks, there Steve. You go. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. All right. That was Steve Doyle. Hope you enjoyed that. That was pretty fun. Uh, informative and fun. That's how I like to do it. All right. We got to take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right. Just going to wrap up here. Thanks again to Steve Doyle for spending the hour with us. A lot, lot to cover there. Kind of trying to trying to determine what was maybe the most. And I, I could definitely tell what was the least important. Uh, but what was the most important um, there, it seemed like it seems it seems like these these two bills that got passed, the, the, the idea that uh, we're going to have a little bit of regulation on essentially junkyards taking in purchasing. I believe you, you bring your if you bring in catalytic converters into a junkyard, you know, if you're you're out stealing catalytic converters and then you just sell them to a junkyard, I think there's going to be some regulations, maybe some penalties on there because a lot of people are stealing catalytic converters. So it was interesting to hear. And then the idea that if you're a, a nurse or a, a mental health professional and, and maybe you've, you've been out of the game for a while, but you need to get approved or get your license re-upped, right? Credentials, whatever you want to call it, uh, having some trouble doing that. So that's that's good, right? Like if anyone's out there, I, mean, I think hospitals and and healthcare facilities need need all the help they can get right now. I think that's their, I don't know. Uh, the short staff we hear we've had protests and and you know outside of Gunderson just the idea that they're short staff so maybe this is a a way to help alleviate that so call your state rep call Joe Billings, Lauren Oldenburg, Steve Doyle who else I mean Brad Paff maybe <laughs> Senate in the Senate um, and and get the and they can help cut through the red tape is kind of what uh, Steve said so. Um, yeah, and then the ballot drop box thing seems obvious to me. Why why we wouldn't make it easier to just be able to drop my ballot off? I don't know why we're fighting about that. It seems weird. And uh, Governor Evers' $150 checks to Wisconsin residents. Republicans want credit for that, so they don't want to give Evers that that win right now. Right now we're, we're quote-unquote, in an election year. Um, Republicans said yesterday, I think, before Evers' proposal, they wanted to wait until 2023 and have a tax break somehow. Um, so what's different about 2022 versus 2023? Well, we can all figure that out. Uh, they might have, Republicans might have a governor at that point. So if this was, uh, if Scott Walker had won, this wouldn't be an issue at all. The $150 checks would be out and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a question one way or the other. That's, how I see it anyway. I think that's I think that's pretty obvious. If the Republicans controlled all three branches here, all three, you know, house two houses and the governorship in, in Wisconsin, uh, we wouldn't have this kind of fighting. And uh not that it's a fight yet. I guess he just proposed it. So maybe maybe they'll sign off on it. I guess like we y'all can hold out hope that you're gonna get hundred fifty dollar checks from Governor Evers, right? Maybe. All right, that's all the time I got for today.